coming up next on Chamber Amplified. We're not pro or anti-EV. We're mm-hmm. we're just realists on what's going on within the industry. And it's our job to make sure that Ohio maintains its position as a top automotive uh, manufacturing supply chain state, which means we have to follow the trends that the OEMs, the, the vehicle manufacturers mm-hmm. are going. Welcome to the show. I'm Doug Jenkins from the Findlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce. On each episode of Chamber Amplified, we examine issues impacting the local business community from employee recruitment and retention, marketing, IT issues, really anything that can be impacting your business, including current events. Our goal is to give our members tips each week on at least one way they can improve operations and thrive in the current business environment. So here's the situation. We have historically low unemployment, and even though there's concern about the economy, for the most part, businesses are still very busy. That means that there's still a high demand for labor, and beyond that, competition to keep local workforces from leaving for greener pastures. Combine that with rapidly changing consumer habits and technology, and things get complicated pretty quickly. Case in point, auto manufacturing is certainly worlds different than it was just 20 years ago. And with EVs, everything seems to be changing again. Recently, the Governor's Office of Workforce Transformation unveiled a plan to prepare for EV manufacturing. Eric Leach is the Deputy Director of the office and joins us today to talk about why the initiative was needed and what they're going to be doing to make sure that Ohio can not only compete when it comes to EV manufacturing, but also in part suppliers that come along with manufacturers. Thanks again for tuning in. Remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can rate and review the show. It really does help spread the word. Now, let's get into it. So this is uh, some recent exciting news in the state, I think. uh, News that really reverberates around a fairly robust automotive industry in Ohio. Let's dig into the announcement, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like rolling out. Sure, yeah. That sounds great to me. So what uh, the announcement comes, uh, the lieutenant governor made the announcement uh, in Ohio. uh, There's really going to be an emphasis put on developing an EV workforce. What is an EV workforce, for lack of a better term? Yeah, definitely. So Ohio is uh, one of the largest automotive supply chain states in uh, the country. And as the industry begins to transition into EVs from internal combustion engines, we need to start preparing the workforce for that transition so that one, um, we can make sure that the employers that we have here currently in Ohio stay here, that they're able to expand and that so, and so we can get additional capital investment as re- reshoring is happening, bringing supply chains, battery chains uh, from overseas to domestic chains. And so we really need to start building that workforce so that we can uh, attract additional capital investment beyond just uh, maintaining our current automotive workforce. And so it's really focused on building uh, the key foundations for that. So right now, when companies are thinking about where to relocate, it's taxes are important, you know, tax agreements, things of that nature are, are always important. But right now, one of the biggest choke points for any new e- major economic development project is workforce. So if we're able to have the workforce in place, we're going to be much more competitive uh, than other states when they're looking to solicit uh, companies to come and either locate or relocate facilities. What are the skills that uh, these companies are looking for when it comes to, to putting the, the EV parts together that differ from your traditional um, parts manufacturer? 
Sure. So um, EVs typically take about 40% or so less components than internal combustion engines. So a lot of it is heavy on the electronic side versus uh, the mechanical side. So uh, it's a lot of chemistry, material sciences, um, assembly of battery packs, um, and then the software that goes into regulating all all the internal temperatures and things of that nature. And it's less on the engine side. Um, so that's those are some of the, the key differences. It just goes to how the vehicle's powered and, and moves. And so um, instead of thinking about the engines and the pieces that go with that, the transmissions, things of that nature, we're more so focused on the battery uh, and electronic side uh, of the vehicle. And like you said, this is a huge opportunity for the state. Uh, not only do you think of the auto manufacturers who are here, you know, to the south of us in Finley, we have Honda, uh, and then to our north, uh, the Toledo Jeep manufacturing plant. It's not just the assemblers, though. It's the part suppliers, and there are a number of part suppliers in the state. Yeah, there, there's a ton. And so just to kind of briefly go over, you know, when we were looking to devise the workforce strategy, like, what's the scope? Like, what are we really looking at? And so... We're really focused on the battery and battery supply chain and then um, EV charging as well. So from a scope perspective, we're looking at everything from material and component processing, um, hardware and software, the modules, the battery modules, the packs themselves, the cells. So getting the cells put together uh, and then the production of the packs so putting the cells into the packs themselves and then integration into the vehicle itself as well as just the components that go into EV charging stations and then the assembly of those charging stations and then the install and maintenance as well. Um, so that's some of the big key pieces of it. And then on towards the end of the life cycle, we're also focused on service and maintenance and then the battery recycling, because that's going to be a big component um, as these kind of penetrate the market and time goes on. I like that. There's some foresight to that. And I think a lot of times when you get into the EV discussion, uh, you know, there are there is conversation about, you know, is there enough capacity on the grid? And then what do you do with these batteries when they're at the end of the life? So uh, talking about what to do with the end of life of batteries is uh, it's looking forward and not just addressing the need that's now, but the need that's also coming down the line. Oh, 100%. I mean, Tesla really started. I mean, EVs really started coming online. You know, in the early 2010s, you know, with the Tesla Model S and I think 2011 or 12 when that first kind of started rolling out. And so uh, the recycling piece is going to become more and more prevalent as we kind of exit this decade. I want to talk a little bit about the demand just for EVs. Uh, anecdotally, this is how I've judged it and how I know that it continues to go up. One, we have a Tesla charging station just outside the Denny's here in Finlay. Very rarely do I see it empty. There's always, it seems, one car there. Again, that's an anecdotal evidence. Here's another one you'll like, Eric. My son and I have invented a game. You remember Slugbug? You know, when you see yeah. a, a Volkswagen Beetle, you get a... You get a give someone a little knock in the car and thing. Well, you don't see that many Beatles anymore, but you do see a lot of Tesla. So now we do the Tesla tap. And uh, there are times when it feels like a 10 round fight in our car because we see so many of them on the on the road. I yeah. want to be clear, I'm not decking my 16 year old son. It's just a little <laughs> tap, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I think most folks when you're out driving, you're starting to notice more and more vehicles um, when you're driving past charging stations, they tend to be more full now. So, for example, under the state house, there are EV chargers. There's about eight. Um, you know, back in 2017, when they were first installed, there's only a handful. They were never used. 
and now if you go into the the garage under the Capitol, you can't you can't get one unless you're in by like 7:30 a.m. because they're full. So yeah, I mean you're starting to just notice more and more of these vehicles, and then just from a projection standpoint, by um, 2032, EVs are going to take up about 67 to 70 percent of new vehicle sales, um, and that's mostly because that's where the industry is moving. It's a mix of uh, governmental mandates plus and consumer interest. Uh, so EVs are typically easier to maintain. So there's less parts, mm-hmm. components, as I mentioned earlier, which means there's less things that can go wrong for the most part. So service and maintenance is a lot easier um, on the cars. And so um, they typically have lower cost of ownership. Well, and you mentioned there there are some government mandates, but if there isn't consumer demand, I don't even think the mandates really do it. There's there is a consumer demand at this point. I think it's a pretty overwhelming consumer demand at this point. You're seeing, you know, not just the Teslas like we've been talking about, but uh, all of the American manufacturers are in that space. And I tell you what, you haven't lived till you've been in a Ford F-150. That's the electric version. And suddenly it takes off uh, on you because typically trucks don't take off like that. People are really starting to come around to this and maybe not even come around. They're seeing the efficiencies that are there too. Yeah. And from, you know, our perspective, you know, we're not pro or anti EV. We're mm-hmm. we're just realists on what's going on within the industry, and it's our job to make sure that Ohio maintains its position as a top automotive uh, manufacturing supply chain state. Which means we have to follow the trends that the OEMs, the the vehicle manufacturers, mm-hmm. are going, um, because we have a lot of Ohioans who are employed in the automotive sector. So if we're not focused on where the industry is going next, um, we have the potential to loop to lose jobs. And so it's it's our responsibility, specifically in the governor's office of workforce transformation under the leadership of Lieutenant Governor John Husted, to make sure that we're paying attention to these trends and that we're addressing them early so that we have Ohioans who are maybe in at-risk automotive jobs right now, but that we can reskill and upskill so that they can easily transition um, as this is occurring and that we're not dealing with, uh, you know, kind of the 90s, uh, 80s, you know, movement to... Uh, mm-hmm offshore a lot of production and the country as a whole didn't really think about okay what do we do with the workers now um and so we're focused on making sure we're thinking about the workers first uh and building in the framework and uh the structure so that as the transition occurs all transitions are bumpy uh and we want to make it as seamless as possible for ohioans to uh stay in the automotive sector learning from history i like that so uh with the getting back to that that component of it, what is the role? What does the rollout look like for this in trying to make sure that that workforce is there? What are the steps being taken, and and how will we know when this has been a success? Sure. So uh, through the EV workforce strategy, we identified that by 2030, Ohio is going to create roughly um, just over 25,000 new jobs in the EV industry. Um, and that's going to be concentrated mostly as far as a pure number perspective. About half of those jobs are going to be in Northeast Ohio. And then Central and Western Ohio are going to take the next bucket. And then Northwest, Southeast, and um, Southwest Ohio are more at the foundational level. So it's not at, they don't have like a Honda or LG mm-hmm. plant or an Ultium plant uh, in the pipeline right now. Uh, but they are still great areas for site selection in the future. And so we want to make sure we are prioritizing all areas of the state. But from a numbers perspective, it's really going to, 
at first cluster in Northeast Ohio, and then in Central and Western Ohio. Um, so from an implementation standpoint, we're going to do a tra uh, triaged phased approach. So starting with Northeast Ohio, because that's where most of the jobs are concentrated at this point in time through Ultium and, and other uh, facilities like the Ford plant. And then also then focusing in on Central and Western Ohio with the new um, Honda plant, the battery plant that's going to be going up as well. And then we'll phase three will be Southeast, Northwest and Southwest Ohio. So that's kind of from a phased approach, how we're approaching it. And there's really four key pillars to our strategy. So one, we're going to be setting up a statewide electric vehicle workforce uh, partnership. So this partnership is going to be focused on providing the, the industry guidance to the state on how we should be rolling out um, our education and training programs. It's where we're going to bring together education, industry, and government mm -hmm. to solve uh, the challenges when it comes to workforce in this sector collectively uh, in a, and in a kind of cohesive manner versus just kind of uh, hodgepodge kind of work going on. Um, and then from a pillar perspective, there's really three big things we need to do. One, we need to increase EV career awareness. People don't really broadly know what EVs are, um, what the jobs are uh, in the sector. So we need to raise awareness so people understand what an electric vehicle is, what the job opportunities are in the sector. And then next, what we really need to do is broaden the talent pool. So mm -hmm. we have an extremely, extremely low unemployment rate. It's um, the lowest in our state's history going back from when we've been really uh, accounting for the records. Um, and so we need to find talent where it exists. So we need to broaden the talent pool and then we need to scale education and training programs uh, to meet that demand uh, because this is a new industry. That means, um, you know, you'll need your typical electricians for installing electric vehicle chargers. You're going to need your typical engineers, but you're also going to need production workers and you're going to need recycling operators. And there's about 26 to 30 key occupations that are really going to be required for um, this transition. So we want to make sure that we have the right training and education programs uh, built uh, throughout the state so that people can get, can get trained uh, for these occupations. It's all very exciting to see how it's coming together. And I like the fact that it's not the state saying, here's how we're going to do it. It's the state saying, <clears throat> pardon me. Here's how we're going to bring everybody around the table to talk about the best way to do this, which seems like a ground up approach rather than a top down approach. Yeah, I mean, the state is not the know all be all. Uh, what we need to do is be a facilitator, bring together the people who know what they're talking about and work in a proactive and um, cohesive manner. So that means relying on industry to tell us. You know, these are the types of jobs we need. These are the most critically needed jobs that we can't find people for. We need them to help work with our education institutions to validate curriculum, to make sure that we're putting in the right programs with the right content and that they're updated on a continual basis. And then we need to work with our relevant agencies to help fund and finance Ohioans to go through these programs at low or no cost. It all sounds good to me. If people want to learn more about the initiative, uh, whether it's just they have a passing interest in it or maybe they are a supplier and would like to know a little bit more about it, what is the best way to go about that? Sure. So uh, they can check out our strategy. It's on workforce.ohio.gov slash EV. And that's where we've got the strategy housed. They can download it, take a look at it, read through it. It's really made for many different audiences. So whether you're an educational institution, want to understand how you can play in the space. 
you should read it. If you're uh, a member of industry, you should definitely read through to kind of see where we're seeing the clustering occurring, what are the top occupations that uh, we've identified, and then where are the current education and training programs throughout the state that feed those occupations. So link in with your HR teams. Uh, so if you typically recruit at four or five institutions, well, there's probably more that you could be reaching out to to build that talent pipeline. And, and all those institutions are listed in the strategy as well. Oh, very good. Well, Eric, we appreciate all of the information. Thank you for your time today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate Eric joining us. And I know sometimes when we talk about electric vehicles, it can get polarized, but there's no doubt that this continues to be a growing industry and one that provides plenty of job opportunities for the next generation of the workforce. So it's very important to pay attention to what's happening there, no matter what side of the aisle you fall on. I'm really excited to see this roll out across the state, and we will keep you posted on anything that happens here in Northwest Ohio in that regard. That'll do it for this week's episode. If you have any ideas for topics that we should cover on future episodes, just send me an email, djenkins at finlayhancockchamber.com. Remember, if you're listening on a website, perhaps finlayhancockchamber.com, you can also make this easier on yourself. Just go to your favorite podcast player. If you don't have one, I can suggest a couple for you. Search for Chamber Amplified, click subscribe. You'll get it each and every Friday morning right to your phone. and You don't even have to think about it. It'll just be there for you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on Chamber Amplified from the Finlay-Hancock County Chamber of Commerce.